You're listening to episode 131 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is travel preparations and tips based on Numbers chapter 10. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I have a background in theology and a love for travel. Having visited nine different countries and served in five congregations, I wanted to create an environment that discusses and encourages the overlap of my two favorite things, the Lord and travel. And if you have a passion for these things, or wanting to learn how God is such an integral part of our daily adventures, then you've come to the right place. Today's topic is travel preparations and tips based on Numbers chapter 10. There are different types of travelers out there. Some of them are fly by the seat of their pants, and some of them spend months and weeks and hours upon hours of planning and preparing for their trip. Those that fly by the seat of their pants are likely packing the night or morning of a trip. And they may have some details down as to where they're going, but they don't necessarily have all of them. And those who plan in great detail have looked at the weather for each day of their trip. They have clothing prepared for everything type of weather predicted and some that hasn't been predicted either. And they have itineraries, phone numbers, everything you could think of. Their suitcase might not just be one, could be many, and they are incredibly prepared. Now, I know on this podcast we spend a lot of time talking about God in our travels and how sometimes we just need to get out of our daily routine to step into the uncomfortable to grow in our faith. And many of us might think that that means that we should travel without plans and without preparation. And there's definitely a time and place for that. But as we reflect on Numbers chapter 10, we're going to see that God created some serious organization and planning for the Israelites to help them travel smoothly and with confidence. And I think some of that can apply to our own travels today. So let's go ahead and dive into Numbers chapter 10. But before we can dive into Numbers chapter 10, I want to do a quick recap. And honestly, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts and read some of the previous chapters to get a full gist of this. But where we find the Israelites is they have left Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, they have failed to take the promised land because they doubted the promises of the Lord. And now they have spent two years in the wilderness already, making a tabernacle or fancy-looking tent where the Lord will reside. And that is where Moses spends a lot of time talking to the Lord. And the Lord tells them that he's going to give them the promised land. And in fact, they're fairly close in location, 
but it's going to end up taking them 38 years. And so the Lord is preparing them for this trip. And today they're going to officially like set out again. They've been out of Egypt for two years. They've been in the wilderness. They've been following the Lord, following the pillar of cloud and fire, the manifestation of God on earth. But now they're truly beginning the journey that's going to bring them back to the promised land doors. And it's going to zigzag and it's not going to make complete sense. It's not the shortest and most direct route. But because the Israelites didn't trust the Lord, the Lord said that the oldest generations would never get to go across the Jordan into the promised land. So 38 years later, the next generation will get a chance. So we're beginning out on this journey, and the Lord says, I need you to prepare. And one of the first things that he asked them to prepare, okay, if I asked you, if I told you right now you're going on a trip, what would be the first thing you'd prepare? Honestly, it probably would be my suitcase and my backpack. I'd just dig them out of the closet. That'd be the first two things I'd go get. The Lord tells them the first things you need to go get are two silver trumpets. Now, they use trumpets in a lot of different scenarios. Usually, it's like a ram's horn that they've used. In this case, the Lord has them hammer out two lawn silver trumpets. And this isn't like a trumpet that we'd think of. I think it's much more of a lawn tube. But they hammer out these two trumpets, and the Lord instructs them, that they're going to blow these horns in certain ways to signify different things. For instance, they are to blow the horn to signify to all the troops, well, to all of the Israelites, that they need to move out. It can also be used in different ways to signal the military, celebrate military victories, or to celebrate the start of a new month. And that one caught me a little bit because... You know, months come and go. Our schedules are so busy. Half the time we don't even know what day it is and we're just looking forward to the weekend. But here the Lord wants us to celebrate the start of each month because we're supposed to be thankful that the Lord is blessing us with more days. Oftentimes we're like living in the moment and so worried and in pain about all the things going on and the Lord is saying, let's celebrate. And I think this is important to note. In scripture, it also mentions that when the end of times comes, when judgment day comes, we too will be signaled home with a trumpet. So there's a musical celebration that's going on far beyond what we would think or imagine. And there's just a lot of representation happening here in this trip planning. Because even if we'd look at our trip planning to get to our heavenly home, there's this call to action that will come also through the trumpets. First thing to pack, gotta get them silver trumpets. Then the second thing that happens is that the people head out in a very specific order. The Levites head out and then different groups and tribes, you know, tribe of Dan and tribe of Gideon and tribe of whatever, and they head out in an order like the first people that head out head out with the tabernacle, and then you get more and more people, and then in the middle are some more of the Levites who are carrying the holy things. 
And there's so many people departing that they, when the Levites that are carrying the holy things from within the tabernacle, when they get there, the temple will already be set up again and they'll just be able to put the holy things inside. It's very meticulously planned. And then more tribes come. And finally, one of the tribes at the end, they're kind of watching and guarding for all of the tribes ahead, making sure that no one's coming to attack them from behind. I don't know about you, but being a ministry leader, it's been incredibly important to assign people with responsibilities. That's what I see here. The Lord is telling each tribe that they're responsible for carrying a certain thing, for bringing a certain thing, for following following in line in a certain way, and that certain people are meant to lead and certain people are meant to protect. And I mean, we even see this like in kindergarten, uh, where you line up and hold the rope and walk down the hall and have to follow in a certain order. And if you have two teachers, one's at the front and one's at the back, the Lord just is doing a very intentional plan on how to depart. And if you are in the process of departing, and it's not just you traveling, if there's other people with you, making sure that they're all responsible for something, that they all have an investment in this preparation process is so important, especially based on this chapter. And if it's just you going by yourself, you know, sometimes you might be blessed to just have one load to haul out. But sometimes you need to also take time to prepare and plan what's the best way to to load, what's the best way to make sure that everything's here, do I have a list, do I have whatever. And the Lord is setting example that organization and preparation is a way of honoring and worshiping him. The Israelites were following God's commands, they were setting out in a way of worship. Was it Sunday church or Bible study? No, but it was following the Lord's commands, following his example and expectation for them. So the Lord is not a God of chaos. He's a God of love and truth and organization. So there is a form of worship in how we prepare. Now, it says that the ark led the way. But there's a bit of a dispute over this, whether the ark set out first or if this was more of a figurative thing. Because while there was a designated person that was the person to lead everyone out, there was also an instruction from the Lord that the Levites were to carry the holy things in the midst of the camp so that God dwells in the midst of them. So it's also very likely that the ark was in the middle of this lineup with the Levites in the middle so that when the tabernacle was set up, they could put the ark in. What figuratively could be happening here is that rather than saying a certain individual is leading the people into the wilderness, it's saying the ark led them by saying that the Lord and his presence was truly the one in charge and leading the people. But in either sense, the Lord was leading them in their midst and among them. And what I find really interesting is what Moses prayed every single time they set out. 
when the ark was picked up and they were ready to set out, Moses would pray, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. He was acknowledging that the tabernacle was moving, the Lord was moving, and he was reminding God to protect them on the journey. Have you ever prayed before a trip for protection? Have you ever prayed for the Lord to be with you on your journey? Here's an example of a prayer for that, but obviously in your own prayers, in your own conversations with God, he just wants you talking to him. So be praying for your trips. And then when they got to a stopping point, when the ark rested, Moses would pray, return, O Lord, to the 10,000 thousands of Israel. He was calling the Lord to come back to them where they were at and to guard them, to protect them, and to be with them where they were. To guard them on their way, to protect them where they're at. Oftentimes I think we get so excited, we might remember to pray for the journey when it begins, but once we're at a stopping point, once we're on the journey, it's so easy to forget them and get so excited about the trip. I'm totally guilty of doing that myself. But here we see Moses setting an example that there's a litany. This is a fancy word for just saying a rhythm or pattern to Moses' prayers. He prayed the same prayer over and over, and while I think there's beauty in individual and unique prayers, there's also power in saying the same thing. If you're consciously thinking about it, that is. If you're consciously thinking about what you're saying and you're truly speaking it to the Lord, it's not only reminding him of his promises, but it's also reminding you of his power, his authority, and his leadership. And you don't have the Ark of the Covenant heading out with you to be the thing to remind you that you're heading out or you're staying, that the Lord is leading you no matter where you're at. But it's important to remember, maybe find something that every time it catches your eye, you can remember to pray. Maybe it's a wristband or it's a wallpaper on your phone or something else. But something to help you remember to be praying and to be trusting the Lord and his leadership and remember that you are not the one in charge. This, to me, is just a powerful example of travel preparation. But if you want to know more about what happens when they actually get to their destination, I want you to go back to Numbers chapter 2. This is how the Lord instructs them to set up camp. All of the tribes have different areas where they're supposed to set up camp with the tabernacle in the center. And so when the Israelites head out, it's kind of like a cinnamon roll as they all unravel and follow. And in chapter 2 and chapter 1, God counts the people, and there were 603,550 males over the age of 20. And this was not including any of the Levites, who would have been pastors. 
and this is not including women or children. And so this just gives you an idea of how large of a group this was. This was millions of people who were marching through the wilderness, and to organize and prepare for that, you had to have something to signal you to go, a silver trumpet, and you had to have a method for getting going, a order for things, and you had to remember that God was in charge. Those three things are super key, and they're still key in our own lives. That's why I really want you to, to remember that how you travel, how you prepare for your travels more specifically, is a worship and an honor of the Lord, and that we it's okay for us to be awed by the details, by the meticulousness of this process. And while we might not be in charge of millions of people moving through the wilderness, we can still prepare and worship God as we prep for our travels. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, I want to lift up these Christian travelers as they journey through this week. Lord, help them to find new and unique ways to prepare for their journeys. Knowing that you may still change things even after those preparations. Help them to do so in a way that worships and honors you. That reflects on not just their preparations and their journeys to unique and fun destinations, but also the preparation that goes into preparing our hearts and our relationship with you for our eternal destination, our heavenly home. Thank you so much for being our guide and our leader, for directing our path, and for protecting us as we rise and as we rest. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, Christian travelers, as we wrap up today, I do have one other thought and comment, but before I do, I do want to point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources. Particularly right now, I want to mention our ultimate travel kit. It includes 10 different devotionals for up to a 10-day trip pre-trip planning, organization tips and tools, and then I can even help you with some of those travel planning steps as a travel agency. Additionally, if you're an individual traveler and you're looking for tools and resources to recall God's leadership on your trip or to plan your own journey, we also have a travel journal that is great and walks you through prayers and preparations and everything else in between. So, my closing thought and question is this. Do you think of God as a God of organization or a God of chaos? Do you think of God as a God of plans or a God of free spirit? The Israelites doubted the Lord, and I'm sure you have too. You've found yourself questioning or longing for other things. But in this instance, when they first set out, they go in obedience to the Lord, following his preparations and guidelines. God's given us guidelines in the Ten Commandments. He's given us 
direction through the word, through teachings. He gives us encouragement through pastors, teachers, um, Bible studies, and so many other resources. And he also gives us the Holy Spirit within us to help us discern, understand, and determine if people are truly speaking the truth as God has taught it. To me, I see God as a God of organization and encouragement that he has a sense of direction for us. And yet our world is often lost in the chaos of so many different things, trying to seek our own power, recognition, and personal pursuits. And I think it's when we are seeking after those things that we start to think that God is a God of chaos because nothing makes sense. Nothing works how we want. But when we look to God as the power and authority figure in our life, oftentimes we can let go of those burdens and see that his plan is much more lighter and freeing that his son came and died for our sins. And if that is the God who rules our world, how does that apply to our travels as well? Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. And until next time, safe travels and God bless.